0: Welcome to Live from Size Lounge, weekly conversations with alumni of Iowa State University. At the ISU Alumni Association, we strive to facilitate the lifetime connection of cyclones everywhere, communicating, connecting, and celebrating cyclone pride. This series is made possible thanks to the more than 43,000 members of the Alumni Association. If you are interested in staying connected to the university and receiving all the benefits and services of being a member, visit isualum.org to learn more. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome into Live from Size Lounge. My name is Matt Van Winkle with the ISU Alumni Association. Thanks so much to everybody that's tuning in here to our Facebook Live or on YouTube or listening to this on our replay, either on Facebook, YouTube, or on our podcast you haven't heard, you can now find our conversations with Iowa State alumni wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for the Iowa State University Alumni Association. And also, let us know where you're watching from today, whether it's on the live or on the replay. Let us know where you're watching. We know cyclones are everywhere, so leave a comment. Tell us what city and state you're watching from today. We are excited to welcome Kristen Obink as our guest today. Kristen is a 2006 graduate from Iowa State with a Bachelor's of Science degree in Zoology. She continued her education here becoming a Doctor of Veterinary Medicine in 2011. Kristen has worked for the Iowa Department of Public Health developing and implementing Iowa's food emergency preparedness and response policies and procedures. She was previously the Associate Director of the National Institute of Antimicrobial Resistance Research and Education. Obink is now a veterinary specialist at the Center for Food Security and Public Health at Iowa State's College of Veterinary Medicine. In July, she was named the Iowa State COVID 19 Public Health Coordinator, leading the university's comprehensive strategy to mitigate the risk of coronavirus spread on campus. Please help me welcome Kristen Obink to live from Size Lounge. Hey, Kristen. Hi. How are you today?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: Doing really well. It's, uh, I, was, I was saying last week it's, it may be fall still, but it's, it's feeling a little bit like winter here, Ames. But I know the temps are warming up. So, uh, how, how are you feeling on this cold Wednesday?
1: <laughs> I am doing well. I'm a cold lover, winter lover. That's right. This is my season.
0: <laughs> That's right. Well, we're getting, mm-hmm. I guess, we're getting just an early taste of it. I guess we should be glad that there's not a, a home football game here right now. I guess that was last week too. <laughs> so.
1: Yep. Well, Kristen, I dug my winter coat out this week, so. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think, I think a lot of people were in that boat. Uh, well, Kristen, be, before we dive into the work that you've been doing here on campus the last several months, tell me a little bit about your time here as a student at Iowa State and why you chose to study veterinary medicine after you got your undergraduate degree.
1: Sure. So um, like many people in Iowa, I grew up on a farm, um, came from a family of animal lovers. So I was surrounded by animals my entire life. and just have a huge respect for that human-animal bond. And so it was a natural fit for me to pursue an education in zoology and then later on uh, veterinary medicine. And my plan going into veterinary school was to be a small animal practitioner out in clinical practice, which I did do for about five years. Um, But then of course, ended up in more of a public health type role, uh, which we'll talk more about later, I'm sure. But my time at Iowa State, Um, I absolutely loved it, Iowa State, it was a great community, a good fit for me, um, coming from being a native Iowan, uh, being able to celebrate cyclone spirit, uh, and proud to be an alum from Iowa State.
0: Sure. And you also got your master's in public health, and your career path kind of took you towards infectious, infectious disease and epidemiology, so what was it about that area that interested you?
1: Yeah, so I really was exposed to public health for the first time while I was in veterinary school. And so that's when my um, career trajectory kind of shifted. Um, And so I found public health was really a way um, that infectious disease and epidemiology, you kind of get to be a disease detective. And so it was a way for me to look at um, population health. So looking at not just individual animals, but looking at populations. And then not just animal health but how that's linked to human and environmental health as well um, one health is a term we we use a lot in our field um, but really being able to pull all those skills together was a huge interest for me and having a, a big impact
0: yeah well we mentioned that you were named Iowa State University's COVID-19 public health coordinator uh, earlier this year you're leading the university's strategy to mitigate that risk of COVID spread on campus what is this role the past few months as? Students kind of transition back uh, from um, from break back onto campus here in Ames?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I would be lying if I said it wasn't incredibly stressful. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, as the pandemic has been for everyone, there's, you know, we're learning new things all the time. The situation is constantly evolving, um, but it's been incredibly rewarding and meaningful work. Um, I've had the opportunity in this role to really put um, all of my different skill sets and past professional experiences to good use um, and the network of people we have working on um, Iowa State's campus towards this common goal of trying to protect our campus community to, um, to the extent that we possibly can and hope that everybody can have as good of a semester and close to normal as possible. Um, it's been a huge undertaking but a good cooperative effort that I've enjoyed being a part of
0: we're seeing some of the video of the testing that took place before students actually um, started classes. So what, tell us about kind of the process that you and your, the task force, the team went through uh, that public health team to, to get organized and to get ready for this return, return to, to class for students.
1: Sure, so we were very lucky here at Iowa State. We had an emergency operations center that had been activated um, clear back at the end of February. Um, that truly helped to streamline our efforts, and so um, that is a, for anyone that's not familiar, it's a it's a setup where you have a very direct line of command. It, it helps to streamline efforts, but you still can pull in all these different experts from across campus, and so that group, um, along with our public health team, was responsible for planning um, the back-to-school testing that we did, and it, it really enabled us to uh, do it safely, do it effectively, but most importantly do it efficiently. Um, and so we were able to utilize those limited resources we had. That's been a huge struggle with this COVID pandemic is just testing supplies and things like that. So we wanted to be good stewards of all of those resources and, and we were able to do that successfully even uh, with the surprise of derecho that that came through during our, uh, while our testing site was open actually that day. So.
0: How much did your experience working in public health, uh, you know, your work for the Iowa Department of Public Health, prepare you for uh, the work that was ahead in this role?
1: Yeah, it it was hugely helpful um, in my education as well. So, it really, when we're trained, um, the way that that we work through outbreaks and different things at the state health department, um, of course, there's a you know lots of different partners involved in all of that, and so having those relationships um, with our state and local Uh, public health partners was was hugely important, Um, but also just the processes that we use to work through those things. Outbreaks and pandemics are incredibly complex. Um, As we've all seen with COVID-19, it impacts so many different people in so many different ways. And so you truly need to bring people together from um, all different areas of expertise. And my past experience in education truly helped uh, me to be able to work with, with other people successfully to address all the different needs.
0: I think it was pretty widely known that when students came back, there was that spike uh, in positivity rate that was kind of alarming. I would, uh, Ames was one of the highest uh, in the country when it, when it came to positivity rates. So if, if people really have been following it though, I mean, the last, last week, it was down to about 3% positivity on campus. Is that, do I have that number right, Kristen? Correct,
1: yep. Yeah. Yep. What,
0: what was really the driving force between getting those numbers down um, from the start of the school year?
1: Sure. So it was truly an all hands on deck effort. Um, As I said, we're pulling all these different people in with with different expertise. Um, One of the key things that that has really helped us to be successful um, with the semester and getting our numbers down and our positivity percentage down is is our Cyclones Care Campaign. Um, I'm sure many are familiar with that, but that's truly been an effort, not just on our Iowa State campus, but even within our Ames community and beyond, everyone's kind of adopted the Cyclones Care Campaign, and we've got signage and billboards and stickers and you name it, we've been getting the word out, but that, that campaign really focuses on four healthy behaviors that, that everyone has a personal responsibility to do um, to help uh, keep everybody safe as possible during the pandemic, and those behaviors are to wash your hands, or sanitize your hands frequently, uh, stay home when you're sick. Physically distance and wear face covering, and so we've, you know, worked on that campaign and sending those messages out throughout the semester. And and everyone's really taken that personal responsibility very seriously. And, and with all of the mitigation strategies we have in place, we've been able to get our numbers down.
0: And I know you guys you know, each student, uh, faculty member staff at Iowa State were given face masks when, when the semester started. Um, are you still seeing that cooperation among faculty, staff, students here on campus of wearing those face masks in class and even uh, when they're among their, their colleagues and their classmates?
1: Yeah, we really have seen very good compliance with that. Um, and mm-hmm. again, I think that's uh, due to that, you know, continuous messaging that we're doing, um, it's particularly important at this time of the year, as you mentioned um, at the beginning, the temperatures are getting colder outside, and so we're all going to be spending um, more time indoors. Um, so we're continuing on with the, the vigilance that's so important that we all um, continue to adhere to those behaviors. And uh, but, but we really have seen great cooperation among our campus with, with following those cyclones care behaviors.
0: If, if there are some parents or you know, cyclones watching this, what do you want them to know about the, the future plans for what's gonna happen on campus? Maybe as the, as the semester comes to a close and we, as we look towards next semester, uh, what, what are the plans on campus um, as it relates to COVID-19?
1: Sure, so um, definitely want everyone to know, and, and I know I've said this a few times, but just that it is an all-hands-on-deck effort. It, it has been since the pandemic started, and it will continue to be um, in the coming months and into spring semester. Um, this is a top priority that, that we keep everyone as safe as possible. Um, and so we, you know, as I said, everything is changing constantly, and so we really try to keep on top of um, anything that we need to modify or do differently as we learn more about COVID-19. Um, one of those things we're looking at is our testing strategies. So that's something uh, we did the the testing during move-in in the fall. Um, right now we're finalizing plans for what testing will look like um, in the spring when, when our students come back. And so um, everyone can be looking for, for messages about that soon. And then also the the different communication we want to do with our campus community as, as we disperse um, at the end of fall semester and, prepare to spend some time um, with our families who may be at higher risk. Um, Some individuals certainly are, um, and and what behaviors we all need to do to keep everybody safe.
0: I know uh, recently you guys also started this random testing among students. How has that gone so far in the the few weeks you guys have been doing that? Have you seen some positive um, results as of that?
1: Yeah, we really have. um, It's gone well. We're WE'RE CONTINUING TO MODIFY THAT PLAN and, AND IF WE WANT TO CONTINUE TO DO THAT INTO SPRING SEMESTER, A LOT OF THAT um, IS ALWAYS, AGAIN, DEPENDENT ON THOSE RESOURCES AND HOW AVAILABLE THOSE RESOURCES ARE. Um, BUT IT HAS it has BEEN POSITIVE. WE'VE SEEN um, INDIVIDUALS WHO HAVE BEEN VERY WILLING TO um, DO THEIR PART um, WHEN THEY ARE RANDOMLY SELECTED TO COME IN AND, and TEST um, AND WE'VE SEEN VERY LOW POSITIVITY. Um, as a result of that testing. And uh, we will be releasing a summary of that information here shortly.
0: Kristen, Iowa State graduates are really using their degrees to make positive influences in their communities, their states, um, here in Iowa specifically with you. How do you feel like you've been able to make a positive impact here in Ames in the state of Iowa?
1: Yeah, it's it truly been an honor um, serving in this in this role in particular. I've I've always felt um, as though my career path and my skill set um, and the education that I gave at Iowa State has allowed me to um, help other people, animals included, and, and that's been my main goal with my career. But in this um, particular role, I, you know, I've truly been able to feel like I'm out on the front lines, having an impact in um Along with that comes the stress and responsibility of, you know, feeling personally responsible for our campus, um, but that is what makes Iowa State great is we truly do care about each other. This is a caring community um, and we work so hard to, to try to protect each other and make sure that, that we can continue to have um, the best college experience possible for our cycling community.
0: Well, I also know that you, uh, COVID aside, you are also are the owner of Lunch Socks. Tell us a little bit about Lunch Socks. People may have heard that, that company or that term. Um, tell us about Lunch Socks and how you guys are working with um, you know, helping, helping uh, feed. I think you're l- working to feed uh, kids, right? With, with the proceeds that you guys yeah. are? or Feed, feed yeah. America. That's what it was, Feeding America with yeah. the proceeds and the sales uh, from Lunch Socks. Tell us a little about that.
1: Sure. So I had um, gotten to know Rebecca Lyons. Many of you probably know her. She's an Iowa State alum as well and the founder of Lunch Socks. Um, I own a fiber farm, so I own sheep and alpacas. Um, and i gotten to know Rebecca through that. And um, she decided to sell Lunch Socks earlier this year. And so I had the honor of purchasing that organization from her and, and uh, I've had a great time. Of course, not knowing that I was going to be coming into this COVID role uh, (laughs) has made things a little more interesting. Um, But certainly COVID even has provided some great experiences. So what we do with lunch socks is um, we locally source uh, the fiber and then have um, socks, natural fiber socks, so wool and alpaca socks made um, through local companies in Wisconsin and, and Minnesota. Um, And then we have the socks for sale on our website and all profits go to fight different hunger efforts. So we pick a different cause each year. Um, This year we're doing Feeding America. We are gonna do a week long sock drive um, beginning on small business Saturday right after Thanksgiving to benefit our um, food pantry here on campus, try to help our Iowa State community um, do a little local effort, Uh, but but all profits go to fight hunger and um, all the while promoting some local uh, businesses that, that make great socks.
0: Well, you you definitely stay busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> between, between your work at the College of Veterinary Medicine the, on the COVID Task Force and with Lunch Socks and your other work. We, we appreciate you taking time for us today, Kristen, and thanks so much for partnering with the Alumni Association to, to share all this great information. Thanks again.
1: Absolutely, thank you. Happy to be here.
0: All right. That is Kristen Obink, thanks to her for joining us today and thank you for listening. Wanna remind you next week we'll be talking with Greg Smith. He's the fire chief of, the Cedar Rap- of Cedar Rapids as well as a life member and board member here at the Alumni Association. Obviously Cedar Rapids hit very hard by the derecho a couple months. So we'll get to, get to talk to Greg Smith a bit about the, uh, the recovery effort out in Cedar Rapids. So that's it from Size Lounge for this week. Please stay safe and have a great rest of your day and go Cyclones.